his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. The focus is back on financial markets. As mentioned in the last gains episode, we took a little break from the markets. We looked at augmented reality and virtual reality technology being deployed to the battlefield. It was a great conversation with Matt Wren. If you haven't heard that gains episode, you may want to check it out. So as we turn back to the markets and just the crazy volatility that we've seen as of late, as gains listeners know, one of the key tools that we look often look at the market is technical analysis and the Dow theory. And that's what we're going to dive into today to get a sense of where markets are headed from here. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Gains. All right. So when we're talking all things technical analysis, Dow theory, we bring on Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter in Hammond. Chuck is also author of Winning with the Dow's Losers. Chuck, always good to have you on the Gains podcast, but uh, we need a little extra hand-holding here. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's been crazy. The volatility has been pretty heavy. So uh, let's start today's Gains podcast to talk about... Uh, just where we're at, you know, uh, market-wise. We always talk about the Dow theory. So let's start there. Let's talk about the Dow theory and this recent volatility. Well, it's 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 been very interesting from a Dow theory perspective, Andy. Uh, w- one of the major tenets under the Dow theory is that you have both the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the Dow Jones Transportation Average, and those two indices representing, you know, both very important segments of the economy. You need those kind of moving in sync, in direction to confirming one another and hopefully, you know, making a series of new highs. That's by definition kind of a bull market when you have both the industrials and transports making new highs. On the other hand, if you have both of those indices that are making a series of lower lows uh, and going below previous significant low points, that that is a bear market in, in simple terms. What we have now is very interesting because it's it's what's called divergence, where you have one indice make it going below a significant move, uh, a significant low that is not being confirmed by the other, and we have that now with the Dow Jones Transportation Average uh, has fallen pretty sharply and has cut below and closed below previous significant lows. And if you can but give we us levels in the industrials, yet. if you can give us, uh, you know, because because the gains listener has it, we've been kind of following these different levels. 
give us the current levels that we've broke through and and just so you know everybody's on the same page here you had mentioned uh, the weakness in the transport so yeah when the, when the transports closed below 15,493 so 15,493 that was a significant close below a previous significant low point so that was the the one side of the the ledger that you needed in order for the trend to change from bullish to bearish. You needed a new low in the transports, which you got. Right now they're trading at about 14,800. So, you know, they did clip through that level, close below it, and then they've continued to move lower. And just real quick, and I I think that is even a little bit more of a concern uh, for me, just knowing that transports is more of the leading indicator, and that has gone kind of south. That's true, yeah. and, and and you know ultimately that may prove to be, uh, you know, difficult for the Dow Industrials to to kind of fend off that low. We'll wait and see, and that's one of the things when you do follow kind of a, a tool that looks at the averages, you you, you kind of let them end up telling the story and, and you can make some guesses about what might happen. But my experience has been that it's best to kind of let them tell the story. I have seen periods in the past where you have significant divergence kind of at the bottom uh, where one at indice goes to new lows and is not confirmed by the other. And that can all that, that oftentimes can become a trend change and you start seeing the market move back up. So, so the transports you know. are at, so the the level uh, that you talked about, the transports, which it is now broken through, was 15,493. And then the other side of the ledger is the industrials. What level are we looking at there now? Level we are looking at there is 34,022. And again, that that point represents the previous significant low point that happened on December 1st. So you've got, you know, and and the thing that's interesting, Andy, is we have seen all week that low has just been threatened time and time again. Oh, my gosh. That's that's a you know, it's it's interesting you said that because you've given that level to us in the past. So I've been kind of eyeing it. And it's amazing. Even on those big days where you saw those pops, it was playing with those levels. Yeah. I mean, you know, Monday, I believe the Dow was down over eleven hundred points, which was intraday well below that level and then it came roaring back and actually i believe finished up for the day and and all through the week almost every trading day this week we've had those lows threatened but they have held and they and there has not been a close And, and again i emphasize that that close is what matters we haven't closed below that point now does that mean that tomorrow we don't or monday we don't it's certainly feels you know like a a pretty heavy market in here to the downside and you make a good point about the transports typically being uh, you know having kind of a, a a nice leading indicator of things and they have moved sharply lower so you know it, it, the odds probably favor a a close below that level eventually here on the Dow Jones Industrial Average but you know somebody might some of your listeners Maybe saying, well, okay, well, let's take some action now. Well, you can, um, but, you know, I would prefer to let the market tell the story. And and I have to kind of tip my cap to the the, the Dow Jones Industrial Average and its ability this week to kind of play the role of the 300 Spartans, right, fending off the horde here, that every time it – there's a, a you know a, a, an attack mounted on closing below that. It's been able to rally the troops and and, and close above that. And the longer it can do that, um, you know that that does bode well for 
uh, you know, a, a rebound in this market. So, so that's the point that's really worth watching, in my opinion, um, in terms of giving you an idea. If, in fact, you see that close, the market close, the industrials close below that level, then you're then you're in for probably you know more more weakness here. Probably another, you know, if history is a guide, probably another 10 to 20 percent to the downside for most of the major indices. So, because you'd be entering kind of bear market, um, but we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Well, and it's important. You made a, I think, a critical point there, or a, an important point. Systems are put together, and you and you follow follow them with discipline. And they generally show you good results. So it totally makes sense where if you're only halfway there, I mean, the signals aren't, haven't given you the indication yet. So you should hold off until, uh, you know, before you start really, you know, changing your strategy. Uh, you, you mentioned, you know, we are in divergence. The industrials still holding that level. The transport's dipping below. So a divergence. How often does that occur are they in divergence for very long? How is that historically kind of shape up? Yeah, no, divergence happens, and it can signal kind of a shift in the market direction, both on a short-term basis as well as on a longer-term basis. So it does happen, and it happens you know, with some frequency. And its divergence can be helpful at the top in terms of giving you an indication that the market may be running out of steam on a rally, if you have the, the industrials or the transports going to new highs and not confirmed by the other, and oftentimes on the downside, it, it can signal kind of a, a you know a, a potential rebound opportunity where you have one of the indices going to new lows. It's not confirmed by the other, so it does happen. It happens with some frequency, and typically it it can signal uh, a change in the trend. Now, your, your it goes to your second question: is how long can these things last? Well, if in fact this is a correction within an ongoing bull market, and that is what the Dow theory is still saying at this point because we haven't had that close in the Dow industrials to change the trend. So those typically last anywhere from three weeks to three months. So if you look at the last significant high, in fact, the all-time high in the Dow Jones Industrial Average occurred on January 4th of 2022. So we are about you know, three weeks plus into this correction. So we're at kind of the, 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 the typically the minimum level of time of a, a secondary correction within a bull market. So, you know, it, it is quite possible that, uh, you know, that we could be seeing this type of volatility and this, this type of action if, in fact, the market, the industrials can hold above that 34022 um, you know, for another, uh, you know, another three to six weeks. Um, so, so we're not out of the, you know, we're, we're certainly not out of the woods from a standpoint of this still being a correction within a bull market. And we've just kind of crossed over the minimum time frame that you usually see these things happen. So, you know, the, the market still has a lot to tell here. <laughs> There's the story still needs to be written. Um, but the biggest issue is, is going to be whether or not those hold. And, and I might add, Andy, real quick, you know, again, uh, somebody listening to the Dow Theory talk for the first time may go, well, this, this just sounds like a lot of mumbo-jumbo. I mean, you're picking points out of the air, and 34,022, why is that any different than 34,023 or 35,000? Well, again, there's a fundamental basis to the Dow Theory, and that fundamental basis is that, 
you know, the Dow Jones Industrial Average represents very important segments of the economy, and the Dow Jones Transportation Average is also a barometer on very important parts of the economy. And for an economy to be in sync, you need those averages to be in sync and reflecting that. If, in fact, you have, um, you know, both of those indices that are moving to lower lows, that says, hey, there is something going on in the economy that may not manifest itself immediately, but probably will over the next three to six months. And that can impact corporate profits and ultimately stock prices. So, you know, the last significant low is important because that is where kind of, you know, that's the last stand of the Dow Industrials. And if they break through that, then that means kind of, you know, the, the cumulative investorship is is thinking that, uh, you know, things are going to get a little choppy and a little sloppy and um, probably move lower. So, you know, there, it's a technical tool, but it's based on kind of a fundamental uh, theory that says, hey, you know, the industrials and transports are barometers on important parts of the economy. And if those things are out of whack, that means the economy potentially is going to be out of whack three to six months from now, and that's not going to be good for the stock market. You know, we've we've talked about this several times. Um, you know, we use the Dow theory, we chart. And I've talked with technicians about this as well. It's funny how when you see points on the chart, the news finds it its way. It's amazing. It's like it tells the future, and you don't even know what that news item or that catalyst is to. But if it tells you on the chart, all of a sudden it's mad. You know that news item hits right at that point, and it, it just it fi- it's like the news finds the the points on the chart. It, it amazes me every time. Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, and and the other thing is too. You know, this point, this thirty four thousand twenty two. The other factor that kind of emboldens that as a significant point is not just that's the last significant low, but if you draw like a, a one-year chart of the Dow or a two-year chart of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, that level really coincides with kind of bottoms where the market bottomed in, uh, you know, in September of last I year. I was looking at that today, in yes. July and where it bottomed in June and where it, you know, so, you know, that that has proven to be, you know, a pretty good area that has provided, you know, what, what's called support to the market. So, you know, if, if that if that level gets taken out, it's not just taking out uh, a support level from, you know, December 1st, but, but l- really a, a support, an area that's provided support for the last 12 months and um, or the last, you know, 10 months. So, you know, that means, you know, it, 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 it takes a lot of energy and it, to, to kind of break through these these support levels. And if the market tends to do that, then you tend to get follow throughs to the downside. So that's so. So, yeah, that 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 point lines up pretty clearly as a very important point, not just because it was the, the recent low, but also it it is around levels that have provided support in the market and the market has bounced off those pretty dramatically really over the last 10 months not just dow theory it's not just a key dow theory level if you're familiar with technicals and 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 lining up the chart a lot of technicians would see that as a a a big big level where if it breached and moved lower that the market at large would move lower i mean beyond just the dow theory yeah, and I think that's partly why you've seen, 
you know, I'd love to say the Dow theory is the, the, the sole reason why the market's been stubbornly holding above that. Because it is. It is, Chuck. It is. I mean, the Dow theory <laughs> is everything. I mean, let's I, not I underplay it, right? You know, you've got a lot of people that aren't Dow theorists that are, you know, that are chart jockeys that are looking at that same point, though, too. And, yeah, exactly. And, and saying, you know, you know, I don't know. I don't know anything about the Dow theory, but I do know that that level has provided pretty good support for the market for the last 10 months. And if that thing gets taken out, um, yeah, you would expect, uh, you know, if, and again, it's context. It's not just that that gets taken out, but it gets taken out when you've seen other important indices, such as the S&P 500, the Dow Jones Transportation Average, you know, the, 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 the small caps, Russell 2000, which looks just horrible, um, you know, those have all been taken out. So, you know, when you p- kind of put that cumulative evidence together, it's like, well, <laughs> it's proper probably in for some selling, uh, if, you know, more severe selling if that gets taken out. So we'll see. We'll our, see. Our uh, client- again, I have Sorry. seen the market's been able to hold those sorts of lows, um, and, and it could this time around too. And I was hoping that corporate profits, since we were, you know, the more we were entering the corporate earnings season on kind of a down note that, corporate earnings would kind of bail out the market. And that really hasn't been the case just yet. Their earnings have been, for lack of a better term, kind of uninspiring to the market, uh, particularly the guidance. And and so the market has not yet gotten bailed out by, by corporate profits. Now, it's been a, a rough year so far. I mean, we're still in January, at the end of January, but it's really been rough since the beginning of the year. Crypto's been clobbered stocks. I mean, we've been, everybody's, we we talk about it every day, the the volatility. Have you been getting calls from your clients? Are, are, you know, are people scared? I've, from a lot of people I've talked to, they're starting to get scared. Yeah, there may be an element of getting started, but no, actually uh, it's, it hasn't really been too bad. And, and I think, you know, partly, what is happening in all this, like, for example, if you look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average and you look at what it has done this year, I, you know, I, I think the Dow's down. It was going into today. The Dow was down about 6% year to date. So, you know, and it was down two basis points today. So let's say the Dow's down about 6%. That, you know, that's not that big a deal, especially when you're coming off, you know, 20 plus returns last year and, and really good returns before that. So I think I think investors in the main, when you're, you know, focusing on kind of indexes and index ETFs and things like that, yeah, you're down, but you're not getting killed. Where, where the pain, where the real pain is being felt is a, a lot of the stuff that like speculative retail investors were getting into. High beta, and, you know, yeah, sexy beta, names. You know, no, no profit, high PE, crazy PE, all the, you know, the, the long-term Growth expectations are off the table, but they, are, you know, are sky high. But they don't have a lot of there there in the short term. Those are the stocks getting beat up. And you know, I, I mentioned it to my colleagues here the other day in the Wall Street Journal. It was almost a full page of companies that had made new 52-week lows the day before. I'm not sure I've ever seen that, but when I think about that, there has been so much new stock issuance, you know, SPACs, IPOs. Oh, you're not kidding, right? A I mean, lot of crap yeah. has been floated. Well, when the, the market's market. been... And, those, it, and that's where the pain has really been. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of, you know, retail investors have, have 
you know, been playing around in there. And, and now they're kind of finding out that, you know, when you play with fire, you can get burned. And, and so that's, I, I think that's why it's a long winded way of saying, I think for a lot of folks, this feels much more painful and dramatic than, than, than maybe it really is. And it's because, yeah, the down may only be down 6%, but geez, you know, I bought uh, XYZ stock and it's down 40% this year. And there are a lot of stocks like that. A lot of those names had huge run-ups and people jumped on the bandwagon. It's really unfortunate for uh, those people who uh, were buying the tops on some of these stocks that have literally been running for two years. They're, they're definitely feeling the pain. Yeah, you know, and and on the, the flip side of that are folks, you know, that that may may have missed out on some of that by owning kind of, you know, blue chip dividend stocks, which gave you a decent return, but they they probably lagged the market, and you know, those stocks are doing just fine. I mean, the Pepsi's, the Procter and Gamble's, the um, you know, the Philip Morris's, those sorts of stocks that you're you're getting two, three, four percent dividend yields on. I mean, those stocks lagged the market last year. They still made money in them, but they lagged the market. But but now, you know, they're kind of the shelter in the storm for a lot of folks, and, and they've done just fine. So it is interesting, you know, the pain thresholds, are, 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 the, the pain being felt is really going to be significantly variable depending on the investor class and the type of, and, and the type of stuff you've been dabbling in. And you're right, you know, if you've been a Bitcoin meme kind of a investor, uh, and you may have done very well in that for a time. You haven't, you haven't in the last, you know, three to six months. And and you know that's where it may feel like Jesus, this this year is awful. And you may talk to somebody else who goes, hey, you know what, I'm doing just fine. You know, I own Exxon, I own some of the oils, I own some, you know, uh, decent yielding uh, consumer product companies, and they're they're doing just fine. As I've mentioned uh, throughout. The, the new year uh, towards the end of last year. And we've talked about it on some of the gains podcasts uh, shifting into some, you know, out of the, the high flying names out of some of the uh, speculative crypto names and into more conservative, you know, decent safe stocks with decent yields. Uh, full disclosure. We've probably talked about this. One of my largest holdings has been all Tria. Ticker MO, cigarette company. I just haven't really felt the pain there and, and, and have found decent shelter in places like that. So if you're holding that kind of stuff, it, it, you really aren't feeling too much pain. Um, no, shoot, you're up. Yeah. You're up this year. Yeah, you know? and, 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 and you're so getting it, dividends. It really, yeah, it really depends. And I think that gets back to the the idea of, for, for your listeners, in terms of portfolio construction is really, really important. And um, you know, I'm not suggesting that if somebody wants to kind of play some of the speculative stuff that during, you know, rip-roaring bull markets can do really well for you, that's fine. Um, but you know, I, I've always been kind of a fan of this barbell approach, meaning at the one end of the barbell, if you want to put, you know, growth stocks and, and, and smatter some of these crazy stocks in there, that's one thing. But at the other end of the barbell, you know, it wouldn't be so bad to have maybe some value stocks, some some blue chips, some dividend yielders. So you kind of get this balance, this this balancing out in a portfolio. Unfortunately, what most people do is they just go, you know, crazy on one side of the barbell. Either they're, you know, they're running deep value stocks um, across all their portfolio, and then they wonder why they lag for the last five years, or they're running crazy stocks where, you know, 
they may have had a good year or two, and then they, the, the things blow up and they give back all the gains that they had. You know, it's interesting, you know, Bitcoin being a perfect example. It's like anybody who bought Bitcoin pretty much any time over the last 12 months and is still holding it probably is underwater on that. It's as crazy as that sounds. Um, so in other words, if you bought it any time over the last 12 months and you're still holding it, that purchase you're probably underwater on. And, and that's the kind of stuff that ultimately really, uh, you know, it, it erodes confidence for folks that are especially new to investing. And that's why I always kind of suggest, again, you know, barbells, barbell things. You know, if you want Bitcoin at one end of the barbell, that's fine. But maybe throw, you know, a Microsoft or you throw a, uh, you know, a Pepsi or you throw some, some higher quality at the other end of the barbell to kind of balance things out. So, you know, hopefully you can make some money in regardless of the market environment. You talked about Bitcoin. Yeah, it, it just depends when you got in. Depends if you've dollar cost average because... Well, uh, true. Good point. And, and, and if you've... And if, if you've bought into any crypto over you know the last couple months you are probably underwater on those trades but again i mean the beginning of last year bitcoin was just about where it is now so maybe a time to dip back in but you know that's it's it's hard to get a, get a sense on where things are that's why i'm i'm a big believer in dollar cost uh, I think you are as well, and that just kind of speaks to, uh, especially if you're getting into something long term, uh, unless you're day trading, that uh, just dollar cost averaging into positions, dollar cost averaging out of positions is also a really good tactic to kind of manage that risk. Yeah, I, 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 certainly. There's, there's, you know, again, you know, I think there are some some investments that might be more suited for dollar cost averaging than others, but. Um, you know, you can make a case sometimes dollar cost averaging in the in the most volatile stuff actually might work out for you over the longer term. So, um, but boy, you, you know, it's going to take a strong stomach, and that's unfortunately most investors don't have that. You know, a lot of people, you know, quite frankly, and and I think hopefully, you know, one of the things that you're doing is to help educate people is, you know, know why you buy something in the first place because, it, it, you know. It, it, if, because if you know why you bought it in the first place, you have a much better handle on knowing when to sell it. If the thesis why you bought it in the first place no longer holds, then you should sell it. Um, now, if the, the reason you bought it in the first place was your buddy told you to buy it, well, then you got a problem. Because, <laughs> right. Because <laughs> um, you know how you know, reliable, you know, just buddies are about buying yeah, stuff. But, but, if you bought, <laughs> but if you bought it because it was going up, which seems simplistic, but you, you know, in certain market environments, you can make a heck of a lot of money just buying stuff that's going up and hoping that it goes higher. If you bought something that's going up, you know, like a Bitcoin, um, then know that when that reason no longer holds, i.e. when it starts to go down and maybe it's made a, a series of maybe some lower lows, then sell it. Um, but, but know why you buy something in the first place. And, and we all make the mistake. I mean, all of us have stuff in a portfolio probably where you go through and you look and go, you know, why do I have that still in the portfolio? Um, so it's, it's done by everybody. But at the end of the day, you know, it's really difficult to know or have an idea when to sell something if you don't know why you bought it in the first place. Maybe coming into it when you're buying it, 
ha- being armed with kind of a game plan is always a good idea too because yeah, exactly. you, sure. you can pick that's, levels. That's absolutely. Um, we're, okay, we're going to go to a break here real quick, and we'll be right back. Um, we'll talk with Chuck about plays, advice here, and what to do if the Dow Theory go, you know, you know, stays positive, or if we cut through that industrial level and things uh, start to look like they're moving uh, lower. But real quick, uh, hey, be sure to subscribe, uh, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If uh, that's an option, always say that, but I've been told that's podcast gold and would greatly appreciate it. Uh, And then as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new episode drops. Uh, We drop gains episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, We will be right back with Chuck Carlson uh, talking markets and and plays and, and, and how to navigate the rough waters. We'll be right back. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Back with Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter in Hammond, author of Winning with the Dow's Losers. So as we were heading into break, we uh, were talking about conditions and and kind of the levels uh, that we're watching. Um, I guess now, what's the play, Chuck? I mean, how are how are you handling this? Uh, what's your advice for... Uh, uh, the gains listener. Well, you know, right now, um, since we, we haven't had a trend change, we're still kind of uh, in, investing with the idea that this is a, a, a correction within a bull market. So we're not making significant adjustments to the portfolio. There, We have done some selling of some some stocks that, that were kind of at the lower end of our favorite range, so to speak, in the portfolio. But we haven't done, a, you know, a significant uh, amount of that. And, you know, quite frankly, it's some of the pullbacks in some of these stocks has been a bit tantalizing in terms of maybe throwing a few bucks. You want to buy more, dough. don't you, when you see a pullback on something you really you like, do. right? I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm kind of dampened a little bit or I have the brakes on a little bit just because <laughs> we, you know, we're, we're, we're really kind of still fighting tooth and nail to hold that, the hold above that level. And the volatility this week has given me a little bit of a pause. It says, listen, if you're, you know, if our, our clients already have a lot of skin in the game as it is. And so I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, judicious with what to do with that cash. And if, if in fact, you know, you do get a, a, a breakdown uh, in the Dow below that previous low, we would probably start to raise some cash and, and keep that, you know, keep our, keep our powder dry here for, for what we think might be even better buybacks uh, or opportunities. So, you know, to, if in fact it stays above that and we'll probably um, probably need at least another week or so of uh, having it stay above that and, and some trading that looks a little bit differently than what we have seen where, you know, maybe a gain or a rally in the market that starts in the morning is sustained through the rest of the day as opposed to what we have been seeing. Well, um, I- and maybe we start seeing some flattening out in the transports, for example. You know, that, that might embolden us to start to put some money to work. If, on the other hand, you know, that low is taken out, then I think investors need to become a bit more defensive. They need to maybe um, trim some of their their stocks that, that have maybe been on the bubble um, and start to maybe raise some cash. Yes, that will help dampen the blow, but more importantly, it'll give you it'll give you powder to go use to buy stocks um, as they start to probably accelerate their declines. Yeah, well, you were talking about how, uh, and I was going to ask you about this. We've seen these big gains in the morning, and then you see the markets tank in the last hour, half hour of the session, that's generally not good for stocks either. No, it, I mean, all that, all, you know, I, I don't, and I've said this to people before, and they look at me like I have two heads, but I, I don't like, uh, 
I don't like certainly don't like 300 point or 500 point moves to the downside, but I don't like 300 or 500 points to the upside. And the reason for that is that sort of volatility really just breeds a trading mentality, and 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 a trading mentality is really is not conducive for kind of those long, grinded out upward trending bull markets where you know you can make a lot of money over time and that's what i like so you know what i would love to see is some of this this these huge swings start to start to die down and where maybe a a a trend in the morning holds for the rest of the day and you don't have this just significant amount of, of of money coming in in one way or the other at the end of the day um, you know, and that may be too much to ask, and that that may you know it it may not end up not happening. But you know, it would be nice because those are the types of markets where you you can get into a sustained grind higher, and you know where you're up twenty, you're up fifty, next day you're up one hundred and twenty, and then you're you know you're up forty, and 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 just as opposed to this these nonsensical days, quite frankly, where you know you're down eleven eleven hundred points, and then the market comes back and you're up 100 and then the next day it starts out up 400 and it's down 100 by the end of the day and usually ha- that decline happens in the last two hours. I mean, the other day, the Dow lost 600 points in 40 minutes. And, I know, right. You know, that, that's not an environment that's really conducive. <laughs> I mean, if you're, tr- if you're really, really good at day trading, uh, oh, it's, it's fabulous. Yeah. But um, there are eight people out there that do that successfully over time, and that's the key. I mean, you know, it's like Vegas. You get some folks who get lucky time or two, and they think they're going to be able to do that and sustain it over time. But it's a pretty rare person that can do that. Uh, very rare person that can do that. And and the problem is, you got to make too many right decisions. And and you got to. It's not enough to be right about the the idea. You got to be right about the timing. And yeah, and you got to do that time and time and time again because the, t- the one time you're going to be wrong, you're going to undo all the the good that you did before that. So it's it's very tough. And yeah, these markets are really conducive for that. The the other thing about trading, just just as a sidebar, is you know people talk about kind of rigged markets and the little guy can't can't make it in these markets. That's a bunch of crap. I agree. Especially nowadays. It's one thing back in the day when we first started and it was 50 bucks per trade. You had to get on the phone with a a broker. Yeah, maybe things were a little more stacked. uh, Right, but now that's especially if you're you're somebody that's not trying to play the game that the professionals do, but you're going to let time work for you. uh, having said that, where I think individuals are at a tremendous, you know, a tremendous position of of, of being outmanned is in day trading, um, where you know, because now you are trying to trade against, um, you know, professionals out there um, it, using it, all kinds of programs and high technology and can get to the market more, yeah, sooner than you, you know, even getting to the market. And yeah. and it's, that's a loser's game, if you ask me. So. You know the best way you can, you know, make money in these markets over time is, is take is is to take that and that volatility and to use it to your advantage as a long-term investor. So, um, you know, you're getting some opportunities here. I think you're probably going to get a few more here with some patience. And, uh, you know, again, if if you're willing to kind of step up to the plate um, at some point here and 
do some buying. Um, you're probably going to feel like a jerk or an idiot initially because nobody really buys at the bottom. <laughs> well, well, you know, probably, you, you, you often know. hold your nose at the trades that end up, you hold your nose initially to make the move on some of the trades that end up being the best game changers for your portfolio. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of times you'll make those trades, and a day later you go, cash, I wish I would have waited. Um, and then, you know, probably six months later, they really smell. And then all of a sudden when things turn, and two years later, it's like, well, you know what? Um, that turned out to be a pretty good buy. And that's oftentimes how stocks move, too. I mean, you may you may buy a stock that's really gotten worked over, um, and you may that thing may be a dead as a doornail for 12 months, and then but on the next 12 months it goes up 50%. So when you look at the money you made over that two-year period, the return's pretty good. But it it came it it came in very lumpily, you know, it was lumpy, and it was it was it wasn't in linear. But and it's um, so that and that just speaks how stocks move. Basically. And that speaks to how incredibly impossible it is to pick the top or the bottom. I mean, sometimes you won't hit the bottom. It'll go much lower, but that doesn't mean that, you know, like you just alluded to six months, a year down the road, the thing's a four bagger. So, uh, you know, it's, and that's why I think having a plan is key. I, I wanted to touch on this real quick. If things fall apart. And so, so it's, it sounds to me like in a lot, you're in a more of a wait and see, especially because we have some levels marked in the sand and you're kind of in right. a wait and see, and maybe if things die down a little bit and these levels hold and, you know, you may get a little more aggressive, but say, you know, we've broken through the transports, the industrials break close, the industrials close below that 34,022 level. And we've seen a uh, trend change in the Dow theory What's Chuck Carlson doing there? Well, I, we'll, we'll go through and we'll, we'll probably prune some of the, the, the stocks that are at the lower end of our favorite range among our portfolio. And then we'll go through and look where we may have some significant overweights in, in, in stocks. And significant maybe if you wanted, you know, in our model, if it was 4%, um, maybe it's at 6 or 7 or 8 and And, you know, see if we can maybe trim those back. And, and in this environment, too, I think you probably want to put a special onus on those stocks in your portfolio that may be pretty aggressively valued where, you know, the P ratios are 40 and 50 and 60, because I think those are the stocks that are going to get worked over the most. Right. Um, so, so you may want to do that. I'm not suggesting you go out and sell your entire portfolio. To, to kind of You'll quantify. be sorry if you do. You'll be sorry yeah. you, with, if you do when stocks eventually come back. Yeah, I mean, you know, to quantify what we'll do is, you know, let's say it was a portfolio where you could, you were 100% invested in stocks, you know, maybe we go to 80, um, you know, so you've raised, you know, you've raised 20% in cash. And and again, you know, that cash isn't necessarily going to cushion all of, well, it's not, it's not going to cushion all the blow. It'll take a little of the blow off the table for you. But but what that's going to do is give you the fodder that you're going to need when you do start to want to get back into the market and get that money in because now now you've got some cash that you can go out and buy some stocks that you, you may have always wanted to buy, but you always felt they were too high, and they're not too high anymore. So you go buy them. And, and that's just a long-winded way of saying the biggest thing to do during bear markets is just continually upgrade your portfolio. You know, all of us only have – 
so much money, right? I mean, our, our, our investment resources are finite. So it's a large part, a huge part of successful investing is just making sure that you have those finite funds working for you in your very best ideas. And so that's where you can really upgrade a portfolio is during bear markets. And as I've said, probably on this show, and I've said to people before, you know, for long-term investors, that's when you make your nut. It, oh, you, you yeah, don't know you it know at the it. time, and you don't feel it at the time. But, you know, if, if the, you, you are upgrading your portfolio and doing a good job of that and positioning it for the next uptake, which will happen, sometimes it feels like it never will, but it will, that's when you're going to make you know, that's when you really make your, 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 your long-term money. So, you know, just continually think about how to improve your portfolio. You should be doing that all the time, obviously, but it, it you know, there are more opportunities that present themselves um, during bear markets when a lot of, you know, fantastic merchandise gets thrown out with the, you know, the baby with the bathwater. Well, give us some names when conditions get right what kind of areas are, are you looking at? I mean, right now, maybe the, the banks look attractive. Is it value and, and you're going to just kind of wait it out a little bit? Give us a couple names and, and kind of... Yeah, I think, and these are names, by the way, that are, we do own and our clients own, so in full disclosure. And, and what, you know, I, I think, I, I don't think you want to throw out growth by any means because, you know, investors ultimately always will, will flock to growth. But, but you don't want to overpay for that growth. So I think what you want are kind of these 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 sorts of stocks that have both nice growth features, but but you can buy them at, at decent prices. And 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 in the technology area, for example, two names that come to mind are Qualcomm, which I've mentioned before, QCOM, and another one that we like is NetApp, symbol is NTAP. Um, two stocks you can get pretty decent dividend yields on both of them. So you got some dividends working for you, and I think. The dividend theme is one that will work okay, especially in a volatile market. Uh, when you look at their price-earnings ratios, they're fairly moderate. Um, and these are companies that are going to continue to grow. So, you know, those are two names within the tech sector. There are a lot of names in tech that will probably get worked over pretty well um, because of their high, their high multiples. But I think those are two in sectors that we like. Um, that I think can do well. I think also, yeah, you mentioned financials, and in some of those areas, I think you can, again, get decent dividend yields. You know, a stock like Chubb, which is in the insurance area, symbol is CB, that's a stock that has hung in there pretty well here throughout this uh, market decline. I think it's a sort of stock that's reasonably valued. You get a decent dividend, and it's a, you know, a high-quality industry leader. Um, I think if you want to look at, uh, you know, utility stocks oftentimes tend to be defensive. I think utility stocks as a group are kind of pricey right now. But, you know, within that group, uh, you know, uh, a nice source, the symbol NI, uh, looks interesting for somebody, again, looking for, for dividends and, and, and lower volatility. So, you know, those are four names and there's there's others out there as well but but i think the key thing is you know don't ignore uh, don't don't ignore growth don't all of a sudden shift to deep value but see if you can buy stocks that are still growing um where you can get some dividend yield and you can you're not overpaying and, and uh i think those are those stocks are, are fit that bill pretty nicely 
and and being diversified. Um, I mean, sometimes when the market goes goes south, it doesn't matter what you're in. But again, being diversified and having some some value in in some of those companies you just mentioned and others in your portfolio, it really does take off some of the sting. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It doesn't eliminate it. No, um, but it it it'll it'll yeah, it will take some sting. It'll you know taking some sting away is important because ultimately, at the end of the day. The worst thing about bear markets, quite frankly, isn't that your portfolio goes down. The worst thing about bear markets is that they tend to really strike an emotional chord with investors who then make dumb decisions. Oh, and gosh, it, yeah, it, right? It's what you do during the bear market that potentially is the worst thing that can happen during a bear market. You know, I mean, stocks go up, stocks go down. Yeah, nobody wants to see their portfolios go down. But how you behave and how you react during that is really the danger of a bear market is if you're going to let your emotions kind of take over. So we're going to keep an eye on the uh, two key Dow levels or Dow theory levels. Uh, And again, that's the industrials, which is holding the line at 34,022. The transports, and hopefully maybe it'll uh, uh, pop back over this, this level. Um, The transports, they're currently showing weakness, and they're a leading indicator, which is of some concern. That level is 15,493. So uh, we'll keep an eye on those levels. And if uh, the Dow theory turns negative, uh, we'll, we'll definitely have you on immediately. Um, so as we're wrapping up the GAINS uh, podcast today, uh, w- any advice here for the GAINS listener? How do you want to wrap this up, Chuck? No, I would just, you know, I've I've been doing this, you know, I've been in in this business and and are you know for almost forty years and and have seen a lot of bear markets and, you know, the, the thing that to understand is you know bear market isn't the end of the world. I mean, it's that there's there's you know after every bear market there's always been a bull market rebound and again what you do during that bear market will have a huge bearing on on how successful you are during the next bull market. So, you know, don't necessarily, I mean, nobody wants to see bear markets, but they happen. They're, they're, they're part and parcel of, of, of stock market investing. And, and, uh, you know, just look at them as an opportunity and not necessarily as the end of the world. And especially for your young listeners. I mean, quite frankly, maybe the best thing that could happen to some oh, of them is no kidding. they get a bear market right now because now they can buy stuff cheaper than, than what it was before. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're somebody in your twenties or thirties, uh, you know, bear market's a gift. I know that sounds weird. But well, you, first of all, gift. you, you get the feeling of getting roughed up, which everybody who, who invests needs before you even completely understand the market. Uh, that's an important, you know, those lessons of getting roughed up. And as you mentioned, somebody's got 30, 40, 50 year time horizon. My yeah, goodness. I mean, you And we always talk about this. You make hay in these big down markets because that's where you get the big deals. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, stay engaged. Um, you know, make sure that you're resources Don't be rash. Your, your best ideas. Don't be rash. Yep. And, uh uh, you know, it, it, it may not pay off instantly, but I guarantee you it'll probably pay off in the next 12, 18 months. Um, the, the, you know, and lastly, Andy, the one thing I will say is there has been significant time compression in the markets over the years where, 
moves that used to take two, three, four years happen, you know, in 12 months or six months. And, and so what that can mean is that, you know, some of the worst bear markets we've had in, in the last, you know, you go back to the, the bear market pre, pre-COVID that started because of COVID in March, you know, 2020 was, I don't know, what was that, three months? It was market like the shortest failed. bear market that I've ever seen, right? I yeah, mean, it, it didn't just... didn't last very long. No. And even the 2008, 2009, I mean, that wasn't, you know, I mean, that, yeah, that was awful. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it didn't last for four years either. It lasted, you know, like 12 months. Even um, going back to 87, I mean, you start looking, yeah. I, I think about the mid-80s, you start seeing the compression, and that's accelerated uh, even more so in the last 10, 20 years. But uh, you see these, a lot of these times get shaved, you know, hit hard, and it always amazes me how quickly they come back. And you know there are people who panicked and sold, and then they're oh, sure. like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? Yeah, and you're probably going to sell at the worst possible time. I mean, that's just because you're going to sell at the the, the, the the maximum pain, and that's usually a maximum pain oftentimes associates with the bottom. And, uh, I mean, that's really the definition of a bottom is when everyone's at their maximum pain. So, you know, just look at it as an opportunity. Look at it, you know, stay engaged and just continually think about how you can upgrade your portfolio. All right, now we always um... – Tell folks that you're CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter, author of Winning with the Dow's Losers. Um, those are the standard plugs. You have a couple websites. I'm going to let you take over here real quick and give uh, you have a, a website that is probably perfect for the gains listener. So start with that and you can put any other plugs you want on. Yeah, we have a we we have a, a newsletter that focuses on small and mid cap stocks that we've been doing for many years, and it's um, it's done quite well. I mean, 2021 it just killed it, and and that newsletter is called Upside, uh, and the website is UpsideStocks.com, and you can go to that website. You can sign up for a free trial subscription to the newsletter, and you so you can get a taste of it for free. Um, and uh, I think you know you're going to like that if you're looking for kind of smaller and mid-sized companies, quality, higher quality companies in that space. Um, but you know, companies where you're probably not going to be familiar with the names, you can you can learn about some pretty good investment opportunities. And we think we're biased, obviously, but it's it's again that's UpsideStocks.com. All right, always appreciated, Chuck, and we'll be sure to have you on again soon. If for some reason the Dow Theory turns negative. We will uh, immediately bring Chuck on the new business hour. We will bring him on the Gains podcast and talk about what we do from there. All right. We are back next Tuesday for a fresh Gains podcast, and I will see you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.